Welcome, beautiful people, to Growthology Podcast. I'm Lorena, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist that is very interested in the science behind all things well-being and growth. And I am Monica. I'm a working mom, a wife, currently a college student, and I'm just an everyday person who's trying to live a happy and healthy life. In our podcast, we discuss topics like personal growth, wellness, mindfulness, and emotional intelligence, and hopes to grow a community of positivity. Hello, beautiful people. Today, we are talking about veganism and plant-based diets. We're going to talk about what veganism is and some different types of other diets that sometimes people get confused with veganism. We're going to talk about the differences between what veganism means and what plant-based means. We'll talk about our own personal journey with veganism, some downsides, and some research as well. So being vegan has completely changed my life. Not only do I feel that I'm doing my part for the environment, I'm living a healthier life than I definitely was before, but also understanding what true compassion means for all creatures. And I'm hoping that sharing this conversation with everybody can bring some sort of awareness and hopefully spark some sort of interest in the topic that both me and Lorena are passionate about. Yeah, and we've been thinking about doing this topic for a while, but We want to be honest with everybody and say that we felt a little bit nervous because we know the controversy about veganism. And of course, we've heard everybody's negative opinions or things that we have heard said to us or just in general. So we definitely don't want this episode to seem like we are trying to push anything on anyone. It's just like Monica said, it's something we're both very passionate about and something that has helped both of us in terms of our health, our overall health. So we want to share anything that we find helpful. We want to feel comfortable sharing it with everybody else and especially you, you beautiful listeners. Yeah, like Monica said, I think a commonality with people that that go vegan is we start to become more aware of our impact on the environment, on our own bodies, and just be more aware in general of what we're consuming, not only diet-wise, but consuming things like household things that might be tested on animals or things that we put on our bodies like shampoo, conditioner, soaps, toothpaste, all those things. Yeah, and we're going to definitely get into our own experiences as well and some things that we have heard from other vegans and different studies that we've learned different things from. So a commonality is a lot of people are not sure what veganism is. They Mm -hmm. think it's either vegetarianism or that you're a vegetarian or they don't know the difference between that and a whole foods plant-based diet. So we're definitely going to lay these things out. Yeah, and I think it's people are definitely learning more just because every day it's more and more common. And I just re- I even remember going to restaurants where you would think people would know and they would have no idea. So there's definitely like those small mom and pop restaurants that I don't even bother asking. Yeah, yeah. I like I could probably I've become so 
just I know where I could find something and where I know I probably can't. So sometimes I don't even bother, you know, going to those places or I'll call ahead. But if they don't know what vegan is, then I get a little bit nervous Mm -hmm. to trust them. (laughs) Yeah. And obviously, I don't want to be a burden because I know it's not easy to do such drastic changes to restaurant menus. So first, vegan is someone that does not consume any animal products or animal byproducts. So an animal byproduct is something that comes from the animal. So it doesn't necessarily mean that the animal will be killed, but it's something that's derived from an animal. So this is something like eggs, milk, cheese, dairy, all those things. There's also raw vegans, which eat mostly uncooked foods. There's lacto-vegetarian. This is someone that doesn't eat eggs, meat, seafood, and poultry, but they do include milk products in their diet. Avo-vegetarian. They don't eat meat, seafood, poultry, or dairy, but they include eggs. Lacto-avo-vegetarian. Does not eat meat, seafood, poultry, but includes eggs and dairy products. And I didn't know these beforehand. So I didn't know what lacto-avo or lacto-avo were. So that was something new for me. Another one that's kind of usually talked about a lot is the Mediterranean diet. I want, you know, this is a diet that I hear a lot of good research on in terms of being more on the healthy side. If you are going to add, kind of eat everything. This diet is similar to eating mostly whole foods and plant-based, but with smaller amounts of chicken, dairy, eggs, and meat. So the consumption of these things are a lot less than just your standard American diet. Fish and olive oil are encouraged in the Mediterranean diet and fat is not restricted. And this means healthy fats. So fats that are natural, like fat from olives, olive oil, or fat from nut butters, not not uh, the fat that is like from sugary things or sodas or, you know, things like that. Then there's the whole foods plant-based diet. So if someone says they're plant-based, it's usually the difference between that and veganism is that veganism is talking about, like I said before, cruelty-free things, not wearing leather, trying not to consume, things like that. Whole foods, plant-based, is kind of just focusing on the actual diet. So this encourages plant foods in their whole form, especially vegetables, fruits, legumes, seeds, and nuts, but in smaller amounts because those are high in fat. And for maximal health benefits, this diet limits animal products. So if someone says that they're plant-based, they could still eat animal products. It's usually just very little. Yeah, I think when I started beginning my vegan journey that I started more as plant-based because I wasn't Mm -hmm. avoiding products or Mm -hmm. I was still purchasing things like leather and not really thinking about it. But the more I got Mm -hmm. into it, then it kind of adapted into a vegan lifestyle because I see veganism as more of a lifestyle and I guess like a personal philosophy on how you Mm -hmm. do life over just a diet where the plant base is just limited, like you said, to what you eat. And I think that it's also within your control too, because there's always going to be things that are outside of your control. I know that there's various like animal bones that are used to create products. And then there's things that you don't know about that might be like hidden within Mm -hmm. products. Obviously it's within reason 
you know, I'm going to a training in a few months and I'm not 100% sure that I can avoid anything that has animal byproducts in it, but it's doing the most that I can while I'm there mm-hmm. to make sure I avoid those things, especially if I have that choice and that option available. But everybody is a yeah. little bit different on how they kind of perceive it. Because some people are like, well, if you just have bread, then just eat that. <laughs> I don't know if I can survive off of that. <laughs> but, um, but like I said, everybody yeah. has a different situation. And that's your own personal choice, you know? Right. Uh-huh. And it, it kind of falls into like honey. I don't buy honey, but sometimes honey is in products and it's unavoidable in some ways. So I don't go out and purchase yeah. it. But there's times that I'm like, wait, this definitely has honey in it. And you kind of realize mm-hmm. that after the fact. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's your own interpretation. Everybody vegan may be a little bit different. And, you know, you are able to define that for yourself. Yeah, and I think that that's an important piece of information because that is one of the downsides, which we'll get to later, of veganism is that people think that vegans are very judgmental and they're very strict and... But it's not everybody is like that. Like you said, there's a spectrum and everybody chooses where they want to fall on. You know, some people, if they go to a restaurant with family and there's no vegan options, they'll do the best they can. But they're not going to, you know, sit there and not eat anything. And they might get judged from another vegan that says, oh, you're not vegan enough. Well, then I think that's why a lot of people are saying, okay, I'm plant-based because I'm trying my best. And for the most part, I'm eating a plant-based diet, but not 100%. So some, a lot of people will ask, I'm sure you get this question all the time. As soon as somebody finds out you're vegan, they want to know why. Like, what's your reason? And imagine if I we asked meat eaters that. Mm-hmm. If they said like, oh yeah, I, um, I, I eat a quote-unquote normal diet or I eat like the standard American diet imagine if we asked them like why do you eat like that I was like that would be funny (laughs) yeah I don't think people realize how uncomfortable that kind of is because it's yeah because it's like you feel like you have to justify yourself or give a good answer like a good enough answer sometimes I just want to be like because I want to (laughs) yeah you know Three major reasons why people decide to go vegan is because of health reasons, being against animal cruelty, and seeing animals as sentient beings, which means is that they're beings that feel pain, and environmental impacts. And at first, I went vegan for health reasons, but I quickly learned that that wasn't enough for me to stick with it. So when I first went vegan, I, I had a lot of slip-ups with eating vegetarian things so cutting out meat wasn't so hard for me but cutting out cheese was so I would find myself eating things like that my family would make like cheese empanadas and I was like that's the one thing I remember that I was like oh my god no I gotta eat this so then I said okay the the health reason is not enough let me do some research and seeing the other side of things with the environmental impact and then the cruelty to animals that was that kind of like really switched flipped a switch within me and said okay this is this when I if I think of that it's gonna be pretty easy for me to not eat those things and that made a really big difference yeah and I think like you I mean I think I've known for a long time the animal cruelty but I didn't understand the depth of it and I think seeing it 
and following people who are activists and who have videos mm-hmm. of it has kind of made it, I guess, unavoidable for me to yeah. enjoy my meal consciously knowing what's happening. Mm-hmm. And as a disclaimer, I am going to talk about some of the animal violence. And I think it's important that people hear it and not skip over it because the reality Mm -hmm. is, is that this is what the animals go through. So if you're putting Mm -hmm. them through this by purchasing products that are killing them and hurting them, then you need to hear what they actually go through and accept it. So I encourage everyone to continue listening. But some examples that I've learned from the dairy industry is that baby cows are taken away from their mother and this is within hours of being born and the mama cows cry out for weeks at a time for their baby calves and they do this because cows only produce milk when they have a calf so they don't have the milk available if they're not producing or reproducing. Mm -hmm. Also, the milk that they give to the baby calves is often watered down. It's not nutritious for them because we're taking it for ourselves, which if you think about it, it's kind of weird that we're drinking another animal's milk that's not us. That's Mm -hmm. like completely crazy. We're the only people or the only animals that do that. And obviously the elements that the cows are being put into are inhumane. They don't get the proper social interactions. A lot of them are confined into very small pens. If they're in an open area, then there's mass amounts of them. It's just not a Mm -hmm. safe environment. And this is just the female cows. The male cows are often shipped off to veal factories where They are confined in in areas that they can't even turn around in, and they have some kind of restraint on their necks. So basically, they don't want them to move at all because it affects how the the meat and the veal is. So the less movement they have, the better, which is really sad and unfortunate. And then for chicken and eggs, because I have to ruin everything. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep going. Yep. The, the chickens are genetically modified now to have larger breasts and they grow at unhealthy paces and often their legs cannot sustain their own body weight and they are in really tight quarters often with no sunlight and their survival lifestyle or their survival mindset is put into act and they start basically attacking each other because they don't know what to do. They're in that hyperactive Mm -hmm. state. So there's more chances for famine and death and it's just really disgusting. And for the hens, they're made to overproduce eggs. So often you'll see a lot of pussing and open sores and it's extremely painful for them. And for the male chicks, they're pretty much considered useless and they're often just killed in the masses. So I've shared a video, I think about a year and a half ago, a year ago, of a bunch of baby chicks that were just buried in the sand. And I'm talking thousands. And it's pretty horrific to see. Um, And then I've also seen that they are put into like big shredders and just destroyed. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. And it's just so sad when you see this and like taking the responsibility when you're purchasing chicken and egg products is that you're pretty much paying a company to kill. And this is the effects of you supporting those industries. 
But, like, that's the issue with mass production as well. You know, everybody wants things cheap and fast and in large quantities, and it's just not sustainable. Right. And a lot of even places that say that they're, you know, open field or free range, like, that's all up for interpretation. Um, And as long as the company can justify it, then they will give them that label. So just because something says it's free range doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that you actually have a clear picture of what the life is that those animals are going through. Yeah. So it's really sad and it's really gruesome, but this is a huge point in why Mm -hmm. we feel so passionately about being vegan over a plant-based diet. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in terms of reducing the impact on the environment, animal agriculture is a significant contributor to deforestation because they need these large lands for the farm animals and as and also the farm animals themselves generate a significant amount of waste and pollution, uh, which cows actually release an enormous amount of methane every day. And animal agriculture is responsible for up to 18% of human-caused greenhouse gas emissions. And that's actually higher than the emissions produced by transportation of all kinds, including air, land, transportation. And in terms of health, advocates of plant-based eating say that vegans typically have lower levels of cholesterol and blood pressure, a lower body mass index, and reduced risk of death from heart disease and cancer. So some research that I came across for this episode is that according to healthharvard.education, in the study that was published in 2012, people in the study who ate Mostly red meat tend to die younger, and people die more often of cardiovascular disease and cancer. These people tend to weigh more, exercise less, smoke more, and drink more alcohol than the healthier person in the study. Researchers look specifically for statistics linked between the meat consumption and the cause of death. Also, according to the American Cancer Society, Processed meat, hot dogs, sausages, and salami is a group one carcinogen, which is putting it in the same category as tobacco and solar radiation. And red meat, which is any type of red meat, is in a group 2A category, which is probably, which is in the probably causes cancer category. And this is a really short version of all the studies that have been done. So if anybody's interested later, we'll leave some good resources if you want to fact check or look more into these studies that we're talking about. So I already talked a little bit about why I went vegan and why what helped me stay vegan and how I answer that the why are you vegan question. And I usually just answer with saying because of my health, my love for the animals and the impact on the environment. And this has all really been, I'd say, a never-ending learning process because I'm still learning a lot. What about you, Monica? How do you answer this question when you get it? I guess, like, it kind of, I think it kind of changes. Yeah, depending on who asks, right? Yeah, I think it depends on who asks because I try to make it in a way that makes sense for them because our audience mm-hmm. is always different. Yeah. But the why am I vegan has evolutionized and mm-hmm. it's become I guess more more in depth my understanding I guess but yeah the why am I vegan is always like a loaded answer so I just pick which part of that loaded answer I want to get 
give to people. Yeah. And try to keep it in a way that's accepted, I guess, for everybody because people are different. And you can tell that some people are just going to be like, well, why are you vegan? And it's like, well, it's just a personal choice. And you kind of keep it short. Um, and then other people mm-hmm. who are like, well, can you explain that to me? Then it's like, okay, I'm more inclined to be open. Uh, just depending yeah. on their amount of like genuine interest for it. Or just, I mean, mm-hmm. some people don't understand and you kind of see the different reactions that people have when they don't understand. Yeah. And whether they're trying to understand or they just want to stay in like their same like narrow lane and narrow minded view of whatever it is they think they know and what's kind of been your journey with veganism so I think I've known about all of this stuff for a few years now and then definitely when you went vegan uh, that was inspiring and then like it was something in the back of my head but I didn't think it was realistic for my life or sustainable Mm -hmm. and then I remember when you hit your five-year mark And you were like, it's been five years. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, I've literally avoided this whole thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) for five years. (laughs) Um, But I was still educating myself during that time. And a lot of great documentaries Mm -hmm. had come out that really, I guess, explained things in a way that made me feel like it was necessary for my health and necessary for the planet to make this switch. And I think one day I was just finally like, you know what, I'm just going to not make an excuse for myself and just try it Mm -hmm. and just see if I feel the difference. Because so many documentaries were saying that people were feeling better within a few weeks. And I'm like, there's no way that you'd feel better. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay. (laughs) That quickly. Right. And I told myself, like, I'm going to give it two weeks or 30 days and see which one pans out. And then Mm. now it's a year and a half later and I don't ever see it going back unless I'm like deathly ill and they're like, there's no choice left for you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is very unlikely. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about like the typical meals that we eat because that's a common question too. Like, what do you even eat? A common thing too is that when people first go vegan, they they might say that they feel really hungry. And obviously that's just because they're not eating enough. So plant-based foods are naturally just lower in calories. So with certain things, you have to eat a higher volume and a higher amount to feel satiated. So I'd say if anybody's interested in starting to eat more plant-based is track your calories and make sure you're eating enough throughout the day for what you need. So right now for me, I'm eating pretty healthy because I'm focused on going to the gym and just being pretty clean in terms of eating. So for breakfast, I'll either do a smoothie, a protein smoothie with vegan protein powder, which I usually put a plant-based milk, bananas, frozen fruit, um, usually pineapple uh, or frozen berries. Um, I put dates in it to make it sweet and sometimes peanut butter just to make it like I said, higher in calories and more filling. Another common is oatmeal, which I'll always put fruit in it and nuts to also make it more filling. And then on the weekends, I'll make vegan pancakes, vegan waffles, vegan bacon, egg and cheese sandwiches. Like now there's so many things out there that you can basically, anything you ate as a non-vegan, you can probably eat it as a vegan. 
and it's not healthy, but you know, balance. We we all eat. So, there's some vegans that only eat junk food. So vegan doesn't mean healthy. It's just whatever you make it. For lunch, I usually do like a chickpea salad sandwich. So instead of tuna salad, it's with chickpeas. So I put um, like chopped up pickles, vegan mayo, celery, and dill, salt, pepper. It's pretty good. And then I'll have that with some bread. And then I eat a lot of snacks, whether it's fruit, nuts, granola bars, hummus and veggies, hummus and crackers, things like that. And then for dinner, I eat a lot of rice, potatoes, pasta for the carbs. For the protein part, I'll either do lentils, beans, tofu, or like a meat replacement. Usually, My favorite brand is Gardein, so I have a lot of that. And then a lot of vegetables. I usually just buy like frozen vegetables, and that way I know they're not going to go bad, and I could just prep them pretty quickly. So that's my usual. And then on the weekends, we'll eat out, go to a vegan restaurant. We actually have a like a junk food vegan place, right? It's actually in Whole Foods. It's called Plant Burger. Yeah. (laughs) I had to ask my husband. (laughs) Uh, We actually had it yesterday, and he had, like, a fried chicken mushroom sandwich um, with herb fries, and I had, like, a double cheeseburger with uh, sweet potato fries, and it was so good. Obviously not healthy, but delicious and vegan. So there's definitely options for for anyone that is interested in eating more plant-based or going vegan or whatever it is. What do your meals usually look like? So I'm probably the more unhealthy vegan and I also, but I also don't eat as much. So I don't eat breakfast and I don't work out as much as Lorena does. (laughs) So um, a lot of times I just skip out on breakfast. I like to do the intermittent fasting and not break that fast until lunchtime. Mm -hmm. So for, I guess my breakfast is right now I'm into chai. Um, I kind of alternate between chai and green tea. I don't consume uh, coffee. Um, And I try to limit my amount of caffeine intake to black tea. It's just pretty much the Mm -hmm. darkest thing that I have. For lunch, most of the time during throughout the week, I eat something out that's a vegan. So I'll have Subway with uh, just vegetables and avocado. And most of the time, that's pretty satisfying. We have a Qdoba, which does have impossible meat. So I'll have a bowl of like beans, rice, impossible meat, and then like the, the pico de gallo, guacamole, and lettuce. And I'll eat that with like a tortilla or something. So, and that's just Mm -hmm. because I live a fast paced life and I have, you know, a family. So it's a little bit harder for me to do the meal prepping stuff, but there's still options out there um, for the on the go life. And then for dinner, uh, we Mm -hmm. eat probably like pasta at least once or twice a week is common. I'll do different things with the oyster mushrooms. Those are really good. Um, I've turned oyster mushroom into like barbecue uh, also, we'll do the Impossible Burger if we want something that is junk food. And then also a lot of um, Indian food is vegan or vegetarian. Uh, so we'll seek out different mm-hmm. options. Um, there's a, a pho, which is a Vietnamese restaurant that has vegan options. Um, there's a Thai food that has vegan options. So 
like getting to know the mom and pop places um, that actually put in the ingredients and it's closer to like a scratch kitchen. So that way you can say, hey, can you take out the mm-hmm. fish sauce or can you take out anything that's a, an animal product? And they're pretty easy to, to work with as, as long as you tell them what it is. And uh-huh. I mean, they may look at you strange, but that's okay. But after they get over it and they're just like, oh, you can pay for it. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but a lot of tofu, a lot of tofu for sure. Yeah, tofu, seitan, tempeh. There's a lot of options out there depending on what you're looking for. Oh, I f- yeah, you mentioned drinks. I for for drinks, I do mostly water. I do like a black tea or a chai in the morning, um, and then on the weekends, I'll have coffee. I try to not drink coffee, you know, every single day, but I do. Tr- consume some type of caffeine every day, whether it's in my like pre-workout powder for the gym or in my tea. And then like I mentioned smoothies and I'm not too big on, I don't drink soda at all and I'm not too big Mm -hmm. on juice, juices. So I'm mostly drinking water and then I have BCAAs, which are, it's like a powder to help recover a little bit quicker from the workouts that I do. Yeah, me too. Uh, Our house is just pretty much water, coffee, and Mm -hmm. tea. We don't ever purchase um, soda or Mm -hmm. it's really rare. Like I think maybe if we go to the movies, we might get a soda, but that's like, yeah, now it's hasn't been, it's been more than a year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dang quarantine. Yeah. And in terms of, like you said, going vegan also made you be more aware of your health in general. And you mentioned alcohol. I actually haven't had alcohol in five years, which is the same amount of time that I've been vegan. So I completely Mm -hmm. cut it out because I just noticed it was, I didn't feel good, obviously, after drinking it. Like, of course, you feel good while drinking it, but Mm -hmm. after, not so much. And I think my body was just kind of like so detoxed and had cleaned itself out from all the toxic stuff I was consuming. Because before I went vegan, I wasn't really too healthy. I was eating out a lot, drinking a lot. It was like, during college and grad school so I think my body was like wow this is what it's like to feel good and and give me good stuff so then when I would try to drink even if it was just one drink I feel like my body would just like kind of like reject it and it wasn't worth the discomfort and just feeling sick so I just completely cut it out and I don't I don't really miss it um yeah and I don't really go out like that so it's not like I feel socially awkward or uncomfortable in those situations anyway we don't have too many studies or research that I'm going to talk about but there's a couple that I picked that I that kind of stood out to me more in 2006 data from 87 published studies authors Burke Go and Barnard reported in nutrition reviews that a vegan or vegetarian diet is highly effective for weight loss. They found that vegetarians have lower rates of heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, and obesity. And a meta-analysis that included over 124,000 participants recruited for seven cohort studies that compared vegetarians with omnivores in the UK, Germany, California, and other parts of the US, the Netherlands, and Japan found that vegetarians had a 29% lower mortality risk for heart disease. So I guess once you say all of this, it's a clear indicator that there are no downsides to being vegan, right? 
<laughs> Wrong. <laughs> so like we said, we don't want to seem like the annoying pushy vegans that are judgmental and have a one side and one track mind. We obviously know that a vegan plant-based diet is not realistic for the entire world and we know that this probably will never happen. Actually, the one that comes up most often that's not even true is the protein deficiency thing people think we need way more protein than we actually do and unless you're trying to be a bodybuilder then it, you are most likely getting enough protein on your diet and the adequate amount that we need but the actual thing that is common is vitamin b12 deficiency and that's a pretty serious problem because it can lead to anemia and irreversible nerve damage but a lot of people are vitamin B12 deficient, not just vegans, because of the way that livestock is produced nowadays. Vitamin B12 is produced by bacteria, not plants or animals. So it's actually in the dirt that animals consume. But when everything is so processed nowadays, th that can get lost as well. So individuals who follow a plant-based diet, but just anyone in general and people that don't include animal products in their diet can be vulnerable to a B12 deficiency. And they're pretty easy to supplement. A lot of vegan milks or plant-based milks are fortified with B12, but there's also B12 liquid shots that you could take or just a lot of multivitamins have them or like I said, fortified foods with B12. I also would like to add that there is a bit of social rejection when it comes to being vegan and this is something mm -hmm. that I'm sure uh, Lorena has seen. I've definitely seen Oh yeah. I think it's more prominent in minority uh, communities, and that's just because, I mean, I don't want to say that being vegan is, like, more of, like, a Caucasian or a white diet, but I think it's just really <laughs> uncommon for, like, a Hispanic yeah. to go vegan because it's so against culture, and that's, like, the cultural community with, like, getting mm -hmm. together, killing the cow, and um, having some steaks and pozole, cañasada, and all the other things that they make together as a community. So I think it's a little bit harder for the minority communities. And I've heard um, even with Asian mm -hmm. communities that might be vegan, that there is some unacceptance. There was this really uh, good episode on Code Switch that talked about a female who was I, I believe she was Chinese and she was vegan and when she went back to China that there was some rejection from that community because they saw her as you know being Americanized because of her vegan diet so mm. there is a bit of rejection that is dealt with um, and I think a lot of people just don't understand why they don't understand the philosophy mm -hmm. change or why you would, you know, go to that extent. And it makes people kind of look at themselves and think like, well, do they think that I'm a bad person because I'm continuing to eat meat? Or mm -hmm. do they feel like they're better because they don't eat meat? And none of that stuff is true. Obviously, yeah. it's a personal choice. And it took me five years plus of knowing all of this stuff before I decided to make a change. So I can't expect anybody who mm -hmm. maybe doesn't know the same information or the same data to want to make that change because it's a personal decision. Would I like it if everyone was vegan? Of course, <laughs> that would be great. Um, but I don't want to. <laughs> that would make our lives so much easier. Right. <laughs> it's like my job is done. We're good. 
No one has to ask me annoying questions anymore. Right. But I don't expect anybody to make a change in their lifestyle because they had one conversation with me about being vegan and they're like, oh, okay, you're right. Now I'm going to change. I don't expect that to happen. Yeah. But it's cool when people are genuinely curious and interested and then you tell them something and they're like, wow. And then they'll be like, hey, I tried this vegan thing. And they're like super excited to tell you I love that because it's like, oh, you told me about this thing and I tried it out and I actually liked it. And like you said, it doesn't mean they're going to go 100% plant based, but just and I think any progress is good progress. So if they're consuming less, then that's cool. Another downside I read was from a study conducted in the UK that said vegans had a 30% chance increase in fractures, bone fractures, compared to other dietary groups in the UK, and that 45% of the vegan group consumed less than 525 milligrams of calcium per day, compared to only 6% in other dietary groups. When vegans whose consumption averaged more than the 525 milligrams of calcium per day were compared with other groups, however. Fracture rates in this specific vegan group were about the same as those in the other groups. Uh, to me, I interpret that as you have to pay attention that you're getting enough vitamins and necessary nutrients and micronutrients in your diet. So personally, when I get my annual physical, I ask them to check specific things in my blood that I know I should be looking out for not just like the generic blood test I ask for more and that is usually covered by insurance I've never had an issue with the doctor saying that they wouldn't do that another thing is that cow's milk is frequently recommended for bone health however in a study of 70 over 72,000 post-menopausal women that followed up participants for hip fractures for over 18 years, it was found that neither a high calcium diet nor cow's milk consumption was associated with a reduced risk of hip fracture. And an earlier retrospective study found that hip fractures are higher in countries with high protein consumption from animal products. So with everything, there's pros and cons and I think it's important to note that anything that you're interested in, you're going to find studies to back that up. So I know there's the carnivore diet. And if you are really into that, you're going to look at all the studies that say the carnivore diet is the best diet for you. There's people that follow the keto diet and they're going to look at studies that say the keto diet is best for you. So we have to be mindful that we don't live in a black and white world that there's gray areas for everything and it's important when you are interested in one side I think it's important to know the other side and I think that's why Monica and I have been able to be pretty open-minded with people about veganism but I think for me this is what I feel comfortable with just being more understanding and open-minded when it comes um to diet overall and just changing and being more plant-based. So some additional resources for documentaries that I have seen, What the Health, Cowspiracy, Earthlings, Forks Over Knives, and Food, Inc. And there's also a really good website called nutritionfacts.org that has a lot of different resources to help if you 
or anybody you know is interested in learning more. They have recipes, they have different studies, just a lot of different articles that are pretty helpful. And personally, I watch a lot of YouTube and follow some blogs, mostly for recipes to get ideas for different things. And so some good audiobooks is Skinny Bitch and Forks Over Knives is also an audiobook, which I've listened to parts of it, not the entire thing, because that one is really long. But if you're looking for more in depth <laughs> from the documentary, the book is also really informative and talks in detail on the different studies and gives you a lot of good data. Well, I hope you all found this episode informative and helpful. And if you have any questions, feel free to head over to our Instagram at Growthology Podcast. And I would be happy, Monica would be happy to answer anybody's questions regarding veganism and point you the right direction. Thank you for listening. And remember, stay growing. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Just look up at Growthology Podcast, no space.